Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Stock Trades. Uh, hope everyone's doing well. Mike check, one, two, three. All right, guys. So we're going to go ahead and give some insights, analysis, and what's going on with the market today. I prepped up a nice uh, slide deck here for you guys. Um, but before we get into that, I want to just, uh, again, wish you guys a happy new year. I'm very, you know, very excited for this year. And I just wanted to, uh, um, you know, wish you guys health and prosperity. Um, hey, how you doing? Ben Wynn from uh, X here. You know, I want to wish you guys uh, um, the best of the best, you know. And thank you for tuning in. It means the world to me. Um, so, yeah, um, let's just start with the Clover Health Insights right now real quick. So um, I want to just give a shout out to all of our amazing um, stock terminal members. Thank you, Dish. Thank you, Rabdo. Thank you, each and every one of you, CMATs, all of you guys, uh, regarding your analysis and your in-depth ability to go against the grain and really create uh, an opportunity for us to challenge uh, management, because of course, you know their their best interests uh, uh, have uh, can be argued have been not aligned with shareholders, um, and uh, we're very excited to just have this type of discussion um, that's fruitful and that adds value. So um, overall, what my insights going into 2024 for Clover? Well, I do believe that small caps are going to win. Uh, I do think they're going to be winners, especially as the Federal Reserve decreases interest rates. Historically, small caps are the ones that tend to um, uh, uh, gain the most momentum out of that, right? Now, we'll give you some analysis uh, uh, that supports this data as well, which coincides and adds on to the other analysis we've done in our past videos, which we highly recommend you guys watching. Um, so uh, the first thing also I want to just thing that we talked about is um, they also have somebody who's going to be on the inside. I know I shouldn't be saying this publicly because, again, we don't want folks to attack uh, Clover for this because it actually helps us. But they have someone working uh, within the government, um, which I believe will align with the best interest for Clover, uh, just how the world works. Um, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, just it is what it is, uh, but it's in our benefit. Um, so hopefully that will um, create some form of an opportunity uh, uh, for, for Clover. In terms of the Medicare Advantage side, uh, we're looking at anywhere between an MCR of 80 to 85%. We've had some preliminary discussions in our stock terminal regarding how even if the Affordable Care Act demands an 85% minimum of um, you know, profits, uh, they could still get under that and then get new growth as members to ultimately be able to offset that 80 to low 80 sub-threshold sub, sub MCR. Um, I don't know if that's collectively of the insurance as a whole or is it per patient. We'll, we're going to have to do some deeper due diligence. Um, so from that angle, there's that. Um, another thing I want to talk about is just the revenue stream. Clover Health is a growth company. So over the years, what mo most folks realize is we've been decreasing the growth rate because we're trying to accurately find what is the value of this company, right? What is the ultimate value? And is Mr. Market presenting us an opportunity with that? So even let's say right now, us doing a sub threshold around 9% growth, um, you know, which we know they're not growing this low, but assuming they do, um, it seems to me that Clover is still undervalued. And um, from that angle, uh, the only thing I have over them, and Dish pointed this out, is their SGNA. Their costs are quite high, right? And they need to go ahead and decrease them. So you know, I've do, I was doing some preliminary analysis, and I was thinking they might be able to decrease them by $100 million, uh, which could get us at free cash flow positivity or at least break even free cash flow and then but then the, the biggest elephant in the room and the barrier is 2025 2025 gives itself a problem because they won't be pay, they won't be paid on 3.5 stars 
they'll be paid on three stars. So that gives Clover the problem is do we stay stagnant and not grow for two years or do we find another revenue stream? And I believe that is what where they might be headed um, in terms of the revenue stream. Um, they could be a SaaS company coming or some other form that will amplify their percentage growth rate that could increase the value of the company. Now, if you look at it from just the purely intrinsic value calculation and fundamentals, we have a company that's going to be paid 3.5 stars in 2024 and three stars in 2025. So subsequently, the stock price should fall in that matter, ideally. So it is, you know, we'll see right now, because if this is the case, then we might have to adjust our price targets um, and movements uh, uh, based off of these. And then it's great to... I, I, I just I need a little bit more data because then we'll um, you know be very comfortable uh, um, with the covered calls. Covered calls have been doing well for the long term, especially ones in January, as you many of you have been uh, talking about. But uh, we're going to basically see what's happening right now in the next earnings call, the Q4 of 2023, to give Q1 guidance. So let's go ahead and talk about the quick market right now update here. So market analysis, current trends. So this is the third straight day of negative declines in the market. Many technicians believe that this sell-off is not significant and but and, and, and so far have not broken any significant support lines from the previous month. If you go ahead and look at the market stability and future projections, then we went ahead and put this together here to, to be able to help the community. Um, so there might be a, some uh, further testing of support, but overall, there's a high probability that we'll reach new all-time highs in the S&P 500. But we might um, sell off maybe a little bit more. I would say maybe within this within this trading week, um, but overall, there's a higher probability to the upside. So from a technical analysis perspective, the United States 10-year Treasury does not seem to have significantly increased, which is following a descending channel as the 10-year falls precipitously. So it's not really broken out from the resistance. Uh, so um, what that is important is as bond prices go up, 10-year the 10-year Treasury goes down. And what that does is as the 10-year Treasury goes down, the stocks have gone up. So let me explain. Um, so overall, there's been overbought conditions. We are still overall in the overbought territory so potentially the destabilization of that would be a decrease in pressure which is healthy for markets to have a slow pullback in terms of the second thing is equity market trends the biggest thing all institutional investors are watching right now is the 10-year treasury it is currently trading opposite to the value of equities that's the pattern and that's the game we're playing right now right if you haven't noticed it yet let me just bring it up to your attention meaning that if the 10-year goes up in terms of the percentage, the equity markets in the S&P 500 goes down. And subsequently, if the 10-year treasury goes down, the S&P 500 goes up. Okay, So now let's look at smart money, dumb money. By integrating all this information, you may have guessed it by looking at the data, the overall analysis of smart money and dumb money in, in institutional investing analytics showed that dumb money is actually selling while smart money is actually accumulating and buying hence this analysis you know hence this analysis that we have and the smart money dumb money confidence spread so the impact of retail investors and sector analysis so this falls in line with the overall consensus of how retail investors interact with the stock market purchasing at momentum peaks and selling during momentum decreases right so if we so so before we even process this analysis right now what I do uh, um, want to share with you really quickly is actually a beautiful graph uh, that coincides and illustrates this phenomenon of you know why um, Wall Street um, investors, uh, um, institutional investors, uh, they tend to call retail investors this disgusting name that I really don't like, and a lot of us and you know you know because you know these are hardworking Americans and 
you know, it's just it's not something that uh, uh, I definitely like here. So let's um, go ahead and uh, open this up real quickly here. And uh, let's uh, uh, look at here the uh, robo put and call ratio. So overall, ladies and gentlemen, uh, what we can see here is that this is the retail put and call ratio. So if, for example, uh, we have a high put, um, we tend to see market bottom. So as you can see here, this is the most recent one. If you don't recall a couple months ago, a lot of retail investors were just ultimately bearish and, 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 and they were just buying puts, puts, puts. If you go on like Weeble pages and Reddit pages and in between Yahoo Finance pages, you would say puts, 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 puts. And especially when it was at a high put ratio. Interestingly, if we were to go ahead and uh, um, take a uh, obviously this significant, this signified somewhat of a bottom. And now we're looking at it and the calls are slowly getting into the near extreme area. Again, not as extreme as what we saw in the market tops of 2021, but overall you can see this pattern where you get the high put call ratios equivalent to, so essentially market bottoms, retail investors are bearish, right? I can't even say it because it doesn't make sense. Why would you be bearish at market bottoms? But again, that's how retail investors are, right? And again, this is the R stands for retail, right? This is straight retail, okay? And how do we do this? Well, your broker doesn't like you. Your broker, <laughs> your broker sells your information. So your broker, if you have under $100 million, your broker takes this information and sells it to institutional investors. And institutional investors then use their FU money to go in and uh, corrupt CNBC and be able to control the narrative. And you know, most folks think that they're not controlled by the media, um, but you are, <laughs> right? Especially, you know, right? Uh, if you watch the media, uh, you're misinformed. And if you uh, don't watch the media, you're uninformed. So there's that. So let's continue with our analysis. So if we proceed with sector analysis and look at the S&P 500 when it, when it had the um, uh, fewest negative uh, year-to-date closes, we subsequently get a rally uh, the following year in small caps and value stocks. So this falls in line with our small cap analysis as this newfound money finds a new home the previous year. So essentially, what does that mean? Well, last year, we only had like two year-to-date closes. Again, the full analysis is in our stock terminal. So if we go ahead and have this two to two to three uh, close rate, usually it proceeds the following year at a much more negative close rate. And this is something that 2024 bulls don't want to hear. But again, that's the data. That's what we're seeing right now also. So that's kind of the bearish side, okay? So here's the patterns and future predictions. So the downside is that since 2023 only had two negative year-to-date closes, it usually is a sign that the opposite trend, meaning that the 2024, the next year, should have more negative day closes as there's an inverse relationship. Again, these patterns can be broken, but it is important to uh, a thing to acknowledge um, that uh, um, you know we we this might be kind of a bearish analysis, but again, overall. Um, it still falls in line with our small caps outperforming, so which is good to hear, right? So again, you know, you want to uh, do all these analysis and, and you want to have a confluence of data sets to increase the likelihood and probability that perhaps maybe small caps it's starting to look like they're going to outperform. Um, just very quickly here, uh, we've updated our, um, by the way, this is for our stock terminal and lifetime uh, uh, membership uh, for our mastering and bundle. We've updated our price targets uh, um, for our uh, ticker symbols for our um, uh, table longs, these are our long, long, um, uh, long-range uh, stock picks. 
Um, we've also updated our table tactical, which is our technical analysis stock picks uh, that shows a potential in uh, support and resistance lines and potential market movements to increase the likelihood and probability of uh, um, success. We've also updated our watch list and our stock terminal. And then also our uh, portfolio hedging modeling system, our 18-year proprietary portfolio hedging modeling system has went ahead and been updated as well. We updated it and we have our stock uh, um, picks uh, uh, there as well. If you're interested in reading how this performs, we also have our annual report here for folks that are interested. We've went ahead and outperformed our top picks, outperformed by over uh, 100%. Um, our uh, semiconductor stocks outperformed by 79%, and our portfolio hedging modeling system outperformed by, uh, we got a 36 to 37% year-to-date return from last year's picks of 2023, which you can see the picks here. Uh, the picks obviously have changed. Uh, and then um, it beat the S&P 500, uh, with, which gives a 24% increase. Uh, so overall, just letting you guys know, the New Year's coupon code does still work. Uh, we still have it. Um, it'll be $800 off of the uh, everything we have, the bundle or the mastering. And then we want to thank our partners at Affirm for being able to go ahead and uh, help our platform grow. Um, I believe now you could get lifetime access for as low as $76 to $77 a month for just three years. And you'll be able to um, offset the um uh the price of the lifetime by treating it as a monthly but it's technically not a subscription because you own the product now for a lifetime and you own all of our price uh stock picks etc to perpetuity so that's overall uh what we have here and let me just go quickly go to the questions here in your opinion would you care if your account was labeled a pattern day trader account currently have a margin account above 45,000 and was warned they trying to buy and clove uh, what and was warned when trying buying clove to many trades in five days. So it, usually, if your account is over twenty five thousand, you you it doesn't matter. You can trade uh, uh, unlimited. I've never had that issue. Um, if your account is under twenty five, yeah, th th there's an issue with um, how many times you you can get in and out. I think, and I, it sounds it makes me sound so out of reach. Uh, but yeah, I just I haven't really had that um, problem before. Um, I, I think. Uh, um, it depends what broker you have. Uh, I would definitely contact them. Hopefully, they have a support line. Um, but overall, uh, regardless if it's labeled as a trading account or not, the only issue is tax implications. So hopefully, you make sure you want to you know look at the amount of tax. Amount of, obviously, this is not personal financial advice, but you want to also take a look at you know make sure that you're not being taxed on those sales if there are long-term sales like over a year then you know you, you don't want to make sure you, you want to make sure you get those gains uh, uh two years um you know long-term capital gains not short uh, hello hello how you doing how you doing i missed it what did the federal reserve say about time about the timing of possible so they actually didn't do it this year with the phone with the federal the, the fed minutes they didn't really talk too much about the timing they just said that they're going to stop the rate hikes um, and that is kind of the recalibrate the CME watch tool because the maybe Wall Street's getting too ahead of itself. But I believe Bill Ackman also has the same inclination that potentially the Federal Reserve may have to cut interest rates at a higher probability. What do you think about Clover becoming a recessionary play as they approach profitability? Yeah, so that's the thing about Clover. We need it. So from just an insurance healthcare standpoint, on um, this type, you know, no one. Nobody can cancel their insurance during economic downturns, right? But the problem is they need to focus on those star ratings. And if they can get at a four-star rating, it's going to basically change the whole landscape. But they haven't really talked about that. At this point, we want to make sure it's 3.5 stars, right? 
But overall, yes, if this is the focus. But the thing is, they need to focus on the SGNA. They need to focus on, the, obviously, the translation of the free cash flow. But overall, once they do get the profitability, the problem is the 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 concept of Clover isn't a value stock. It is a growth stock. So they need, they need to return and recalibrate themselves to that position. And I think right now, Clover's in an area of self-discovery trying to pivot away from ACO and finding a new revenue source, which I think they may have, but they need to parcelate this revenue source to make sure it's actually profitable um, and, to, and to make sure it's it's um, uh, going to add to their free cash flow. So that's why I'm looking very heavily into the Q4 2023 uh, quarterly report. More specifically, I don't care what they report for Q4. I could care less. I want more specifically looking at Q1 of 2020. Sorry. Q, uh, Q, sorry, 2024 guidance. That's what I care about. I want to know their guidance. And then I'll type that into my intrinsic value, look at the options chain and figure out. And let's say I'm like, you know what? I doubt that Clover is going to grow 300% this year. Then I'll go to the January options chain and I'll sell a covered call and be able to collect that premium or whatever Clover call is actually doing really well um, uh, in, in, in the months. And we'll be going ahead and showing you guys this in the stock terminal, et cetera, et cetera. Um, all right. So Fidelity made it seem like no big deal in my case, so I was just curious. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not batting an eye for it. Um, I would say, when in doubt, ask, ask Chad GPT. We have a stock. I think you have access to it. Our stock terminal GPT, your own AI model, financial literacy. So you can just ask it and see what it says. You know, yeah. In fact, uh, I don't know. Let's uh, take a look. See here, we can uh, see what it says here. Let's open up a good old handy dandy terminal here and we could just go here just really quickly here i think it's gonna say i don't have opinions but <laughs> we'll see uh let's but as it, that's thinking let's go ahead and ask the question so 79% off exchange again, same pattern for the last seven days. Why clove? Yeah, that's a big question. You know, I would honestly like to look at um uh overall um um just uh, the overall trend of institutional investors, what's going on, but um yeah, I, I would definitely want to see what's going on with that because I do see that there has been an increase in off exchange. We've noticed it last week, so that's something that we need to follow up and and, and look on. Um, uh, but again, it doesn't overall change the pattern of the fundamentals because at the end of the day, earnings is what drives stock growth. Obviously, short squeezes do. But again, if Clover can pull a Houdini, then shorts are going to have to ultimately cover. So that's actually good that we have some stuff like this and these shenanigans because if Clover actually does pull a Houdini, then we might see uh, um, a move that extends beyond intrinsic value, which is going to be good for the short term, especially uh, for folks that have been, you know, pay, you know, patiently uh, waiting. Um, okay. So let's go ahead and take a look at this as an AI financial assistant against part of our stock terminal GPT. I don't have personal opinions or emotions. However, I can provide you some information on pattern day trading being labeled as a pattern day trader can have certain implications on trading activity. If you, you execute four or more trades within five business days in the margin account, and the number of days is more than 6% of total trading. Once labeled as pattern days, requirement. Yeah, again, you said you had over 25K. So that's why I said I wouldn't bet an eye. Falling below the balance may result in restrictions. So potentially, maybe you're maybe near 25,000. I don't know. Maybe that's why. But overall, if you're over, I, don't, I, I wouldn't see why. Again, this is just not personal financial advice, just kind of 
from an educational perspective, I'm curious what the stock terminal will say. It's important to note that these regulations are in place to protect retail investors from ensure that the sufficient funds to protect the make sure may make sense, makes sense. All right. Well, yeah, guys, again, uh, just to uh, uh, overall uh, bring it back to you guys, we updated our long-term uh, stocks, short-term technical analysis stocks, our watch list, and our portfolio hedge. You can look at how we performed here. Please definitely take advantage of the coupon code New Year's. We will be removing the New Year's um, coupon code uh, soon, so definitely take advantage of that. As uh, um, the uh, you know, or, or I don't know when the next sale is going to be, so definitely take advantage for lifetime access for a firm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's always a ple pleasure and honor to support the retail community space. If you like this video, please consider liking it and please subscribe. And again, if you're watching this video past the recording of the Q&A live session, I would still love to hear your um, questions and just uh, concerns, thoughts, and revelations. Um, and uh, that's overall. Uh, um, yeah, uh, there, so that, that's all I have there. I do see one question here, just uh, very quickly. Oscar, $2 billion market cap with three times less projected revenue. Can we say close for so I'd have to reanalyze Oscar. Um, so I'll have, that could be another video of interest. Uh, um, so I definitely would love to see that. That's a good. I always look at Oscar's options chain. I think the year long le leap is paying a dollar and eighty five cents at around ten dollar price or ten to twelve. Um, and then I believe the next month's options chain is paying um, like fifty cents, um, which is I think equivalent. At least the the year long is about twenty percent. So I was looking at them, but I wasn't I wasn't doing the fair value analysis. Um, I haven't looked at them in a while. I made a video about it when it was trading around two to three dollars, uh, I think. Uh, but yeah, all right, folks, that's all I have for you guys. I'll see you in the next one.